You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. This is Aaron the Brain flying solo today for our recap of the Miami Dolphins 24-0 shutout dominant victory over the disgusting, despicable, lowly, Adam Gase coached New York Jets. Always, 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 it feels good to to do a show after a win against the New York Jets. It always feels good beating Adam Gase. Somehow, as we sit here, or as I sit here on... Monday evening, close to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Somehow, Adam Gase still has a job. I don't know how. I guess the Jets are just thinking, hey, we, we want Trevor Lawrence, and if we fire Adam Gase, that decreases our odds of getting Trevor Lawrence. That said, it is great to be here with you guys after a Miami Dolphins second straight Dominant performance, and like I said, nothing better than beating the Jets. Like I said, fall, uh, coming to you flying solo today. Josh feeling a little under the weather. Uh, got a little congestion. You know, it's it's uh, it's that time of year up in the up in the northeast in parts unknown. So uh, we're giving Josh the night off. He did me a solid last week, so I'll do him a solid this week. And, and run the show here and, and hold the fort down and kind of steer the ship. Uh, and hopefully I can do a better job than Adam Gase, uh, because, whew, my goodness, that Jets team is awful and it feels good, uh, that he is of, of all the teams that Adam Gase could have gone to. I mean, really. <laughs> like, I, I think there were a, maybe a handful of Dolphins fans, you know, a couple of years ago after Adam Gase left and, and got hired by the Jets, where they were thinking, oh, this is going to be such a Dolphins thing. He's going to go to the Jets and really turn them around. But I think those of us, most of us, were in the know when it came to Adam Gase by that point. We were not fooled. We knew that this guy was just a terrible leader of men, that he was a decent offensive coordinator. Although, I don't know, maybe he's not even that, but he had no business getting another head coaching job, especially that soon after his complete, utter, utter failure here with the Miami Dolphins. But lo and behold, he ended up with the Jets and he has gotten the Jets to the point where they are by far, 
by far and away the worst team in the National Football League. And I mean, what's amazing is, is that they look worse than the Miami Dolphins looked last season when we were quote unquote tanking and the Jets are trying to win. Adam Gase is, is coaching for his job. He's coaching for his coaching career. And they put that product out there. It's, it's amazing. It's as awful as it is hilarious as a Dolphins fan. And we're going to get in to, uh, my biggest takeaways. I'm going to get into the good, the bad, the ugly. Look, last, last week, we had a, we had a big victory over the San Francisco 49ers and Josh and, and Tom were on and, and thank you to Tom and Josh for really holding down the fort as I really did have some off the field stuff that needed to be taken care of. So I really appreciate them giving me the night off and still bringing you a great show. But even when the Dolphins won by 27 points or whatever it was last week or 26 points, I I thought I was a little disappointed that they couldn't come up with a batter and ugly. The Dolphins won this game twenty four to nothing, and it was dominant. But believe me, there's still there's still at least a little bit of bad and ugly we're gonna get to. But of course, it was overwhelmingly good. But before we get into all of that stuff, before we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly, autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure that you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming, because that would be ugly. And by pumpkins, of course, we mean your boys. You know, the boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your boys. And the great news is, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. That's right. Manscaped is taking care of the boys worldwide. They are taking care of the boys on a global scale. Let's not forget, it's the dress, it's the best trimmer for your butt, your balls, and your body. You break out that lawnmower 3.0, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps you reduce grooming accidents. And look, you know, prior to, to Manscaped, look, I, I can't be the only one. I'm sure uh, many of you watching, you know, you, you had, uh, you know, had, you had some issues. You had some times where you're like, you know, I think we need a little cleaning up down there. And, and you, you know, you, went and you used the tools that you had because you you got what you got and you used what you got. And, you know, it, it came out, let's just call it choppy. And it's not going to come out choppy with the Lawnmower 3.0. You're going to get that smooth, close shave that you're looking for to really help groom your boys. Your boys are going to be looking nice, and that's what it's all about. They also have their new Weed Whacker uh, ear and nose hair trimmer, which uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. So, look, you, you don't want to be using the, th- the same thing. You don't want to be using the lawnmower where you should be using the Weed Whacker, and you don't want to be using the Weed Whacker where you should be using the lawnmower. Look. You got separate tools for your face. You got separate tools for your boys. And Manscaped, they're taking care of you in that way. And that's not all. They also have the Crop Care Kit, which includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows you got the Pumpkin Spice Lattes and Ball Deodorant this time of year. You know, some may say it's basic. I say 
if 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 smelling good makes you basic, then I'll be I'll be a basic bitch all day long. You also get the crop mop ball wipes because you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. Plus, you just don't want to stink when you sit around that Thanksgiving dinner. Finally, if you suffer from stank foot, or as uh, my wife likes to call it, pequeque, or you stand on your feet all day, then I've got a new product for you, the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant. The cooling tea tree oil offers a pleasant experience for the stankiest of feet and allows you to take your shoes off in confidence. They'll be smelling nice and they'll be feeling tingly because of that cooling tea tree oil. Also, they've got a refined cologne. They've also got the crop cleanser, hair and body wash. And the best part about it is that these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know your manhood is in good hands. And come on, guys. Isn't that what we all want? Our manhood to be in good hands. And don't forget, you get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with coupon code dolphins talk use that and take care of them boys so the biggest takeaways from this miami dolphins dominant performance over those disgusting new york jets the biggest thing i i I really the biggest thing is my god the jets are bad like really, really bad. But from the Dolphins standpoint, the biggest takeaway for me is that for the second week in a row and for the third time in four weeks, the Dolphins went up against a team that was either inferior or banged up or a little bit of both. But the Dolphins came in with the edge and they absolutely hammered them. And it wasn't... They didn't just win, they won in dominant fashion, and that is something that we have not seen from this team in quite some time. In fact, over the last two games, the Dolphins have outscored their opponents 57-17, to which is the best two-game point differential for the Miami Dolphins since going back to 2015 in week six and seven, where uh, those were the Dan Campbell games. Those were the man Campbell games where Joe Philbin had just been fired after a one and three start. The Dolphins uh, went up to Tennessee led by man Campbell. They were running the Oklahoma drills and it made all the difference in the world. And they blew out Tennessee 38 to 10. And then the very next week they came home and they blew out the Houston Texans 44 to 26. This is the first time or this is the best two-game stretch that the Miami Dolphins have had in five years. So that is significant. Of course, you still have to take it with a grain of salt because, look, that team that uh, blew out Tennessee and blew out Houston in 2015, uh, when they when they came out of those games, they were 3-3, three and three, just like these Miami Dolphins. But that team ended up going on to lose seven of their last 10 games to finish the season six and 10. So it's just a reminder that as great as we're feeling right now, and you should be feeling excited, you should be feeling good. We're going into the bye week and we've got, what is it? The the fourth best point differential in the entire National Football League. 
One, two, three, four. The fifth best. Only Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City at this moment while we're recording have a better point differential than your Miami Dolphins. That is astounding. Uh, and as far as points against scoring defense, the Dolphins have the sixth best scoring defense, only allowing 113 points thus far th- through the season. So you should feel excited. The Dolphins are going into the bye week very much in the the hunt. I know it's way too early to be really thinking about the playoffs. Playoffs? But look, we, we haven't had anything to be excited about down here in a few years. Let's let's be a little excited, but at the same time, let's take it with a grain of salt. Still a long way to go, and we're going to learn a lot more about this team coming out of the bye week for those first few games coming out of the bye week. So as far as the good, the bad, and the ugly, we'll start with the good because there was a lot of it. You got to start with the entire defense. Look. They pitched a shutout. It was the first shutout in six years for the Miami Dolphins. You got to give props to the entire defense. And especially, especially considering the Devon Godchow injury, losing him for the year with that biceps injury and wondering, hmm, what's this defensive line going to look like with that big hole uh, missing from the middle. You're going to be counting a lot on a rookie in Raekwon Davis. You're going to be counting on Zach Sealer uh, maybe playing a little bit out of position. You're going to be counting on, you know, Christian Wilkins really stepping up. And all of these guys, all of them stepped up. Manuel Ogba stepped up. Zach Sealer stepped up. Uh, the linebackers, look, Kyle Van Noy, the Dolphins, one of the Dolphins' prize free agents this offseason. He misses the game. Shaq Lawson misses the game. And Van Ginkle, Andrew Van Ginkle, ends up in the concussion protocol. At one point, Kamu Grugier Hill, he exits the game with a hand injury. But Sam Aguavin comes in, and Sam Aguavin lets his presence be felt. Landon Roberts flying all over the field. These linebackers doing the job. Next man up in ta- uh, mentality on display at its finest. Just a tremendous job by this Miami Dolphins defense. Yes, they were going up against the New York Jets. But look, it's still an NFL team. Just barely. But it's still an NFL team. And the, just a hell of a job by the Dolphins front seven or front six or front eight or whatever you want to call them. But look, let's not kid ourselves. The biggest reason that the dolphins are able to do what they're what they've been able to do the last 2 weeks dialing up blitzes bringing pressure on those quarterbacks whether it was uh Jimmy Garoppolo or CJ Beathard or in this game the ghost of Joe Flacco it's because of the play of that secondary that is absolutely shutting people down since Byron Jones came back there's no place to go with the ball at this point. Bobby McCain is all over the field. He's doing an, a hell of a job. I did not expect Bobby McCain to become one of the preeminent free safeties in this league. And hey, Eric Rowe, look, he, this guy went from being a corner to a strong safety 
halfway through the season last year and did a nice job, got himself a contract extension, and this guy's playing an extremely high level. Hell, Brandon Jones came in there. He made a couple of big plays, almost got himself a pick six. Would have liked to see that, Brandon. You got to come up with that. But ultimately, Brandon Jones had his presence felt. Nick Needham did a nice job in the slot in this game. And hey, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, Noah Igbenogany, he got on the field, he got some run, and he was uh, stride for stride with his man in the back of the end zone. So nice to see Noah Igbenogany getting back in there and putting some good film out there along with this entire Miami Dolphins defense with right now with the job that, and look, obviously I didn't mention the guy who's been arguably the defensive player of the year at this point in the NFL, Xavier Howard, certainly the front runner to be comeback player of the year at this point, but leading the NFL in interceptions with four, this guy you just look, you can't throw with this guy. You're playing with fire. It's, it's, look, I, I'm not going to go. I'm not, okay, I'm not going to go where I was going to go. Let's just say he is in this stretch going back to the 2018 season. He has a stretch right now that you can put up against any corner in the history of this league. I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say in this stretch, he has been a primetime performer. And on the other end, Byron Jones just locking down people. His his recovery speed on display on those first two long passes of the game. And yeah, I know if, if Joe Flacco puts that first one on the money, then we're talking about like a 30-yard catch that that he that Byron Jones gave up. But the fact is, is that that throw would have had to have been on the money. And that's the that's the way that Byron Jones is going to play it is that Byron Jones is going to play his man in a way that the only way it's getting complete is if the quarterback either makes a perfect throw or the receiver makes an outstanding catch. And even still, most of the time, Byron Jones is still going to contest that defend it and, 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 and knock it away. Not the greatest ball skills, but definitely a lockdown corner in his own right. And then on the other end, just an absolute ball hawk in Xavier Howard. So the entire defense from the defensive line to the linebackers who were undermanned and banged up throughout this game and stepped up. And then, of course, this secondary that was just downright dominant start to finish and has been for the last two weeks. Just a phenomenal performance by this Miami Dolphins defense, which, by the way, look, I said they're they're sixth in the league now in points against. You know, a lot of people gave me gave me crap for saying this Dolphins defense was going to be a top 10 defense and could potentially be a top five defense. Look, I don't want to go crazy after a game against a beat-up San Francisco offense and then a game against the Jets. But the fact is, looking at what the Dolphins have done now in three of the past four games, this absolutely looks like a top 10 defense and they're showing signs of a top five defense, an elite defense. So I love what we're seeing out of Josh Boyer and Brian Flores' defense. Uh, other good, obviously, Miles Gaskin just continues 
just so consistent with his effort, his vision, his ability to run through tackles and finish runs. Uh, just absolutely. Uh, look, he's never going to blow you away with superior talent, uh, but he just gets the job done and he's just, he's a workmanlike back who gets the most out of his frame and his skill set. And I, I love it. De- quickly becoming a fan favorite and certainly one of my favorites, Miles Gaskin, off to a tremendous start this year. <laughs> Had such a good game that we're in a 24 nothing shutout and Jordan One Yard, the Dolphins, uh, the, supposed to be the Dolphins starting running back coming into the season. Healthy scratch. D- DNP coach's decision. Because look, Miles Gaskin is just that damn good. Uh, other goods, uh, the tight end group on this team. And look, Mike Gasicki got a goose egg in this one. And that's, that's not good. It wasn't good for my fantasy team. And it wasn't good for, I'm sure, other people's fantasy teams out there. But the fact is, is that you know that Mike, you know what Mike Gasicki can do, but then you add in three catches for 51 yards and a touchdown on, you know, catching all three of his targets, Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe catching one of his two targets for a four yard touchdown pass. Like the, the tight end group on this team was, was one of the big question marks because you knew what Gasicki was. You said, look, we got ourselves a receiving tight end, but do we have a tight end that can do everything? And what we're finding out is Durham Smythe is a great blocking tight end who is producing in the, in the passing game. And Adam Shaheen has done a nice job. This tight end group is surprisingly a strength of this team. And I think it's a credit to. Not only all three of those guys, Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, and Adam Shaheen, uh, and it's not just a, it's not just a credit to Chris Greer for bringing those guys in, but it's also a credit for Chan, to Chan Gailey, who is using these guys so well and using them at the right times in the right ways. And look, I heard this at the beginning of the game and I'm, and, and I've heard it all season. I heard it last week with, with Tom and Josh doing the show and I heard it coming into the season when the Dolphins hired Chan Gailey. Everybody wants to talk about how he's old and how the game has passed him by. And the, the, the announcer, I think it was James Lofton. Of course, James Lofton is talking crap about the Dolphins. I mean, what a, what a shocker. A longtime Buffalo Bill is talking, uh, crap about, uh, the Miami Dolphins, but just talking about, uh, how he, how many grandkids, uh, Chan Gailey has and how old he is and how he came out of retirement. And I get it. He came, he was retired and he came out of retirement. It's a storyline. I get it. But can we stop with the Chan Gailey is old and the game has passed him by? Nick Saban is older than Chan Gailey. And I guarantee you, nobody is out there saying that the game has passed Nick Saban by. So enough of the Chan Gailey is old and the game has passed him by. Chan Gailey is experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's a good offensive coordinator and he's doing a hell of a job six games in to this 2020 NFL season. More good, Jakeem Grant. Look, I've been really down on Jakeem Grant. I I said last week, I'm done with Jakeem Grant. But hey, Jakeem Grant had his best game since 2018. 
uh, in this one. Four catches for 48 yards, caught all four of his targets. Uh, also had a nice punt return, had several nice punt returns. He was running forward. And look, it's going to be an adventure with this guy, but as long as he catches the ball and runs forward most of the time, I'll be happy because he is explosive. You got to take some of the good with the bad with him, but you just... It's an adventure and it's, it, it makes me nervous, but it was good to see him out there. I've been uh, good to see him out there playing well yesterday. And since I've given him so much crap and I said that I was done with him, I would be remiss if I didn't give Jakeem Grant credit for a really nice game, uh, yesterday. There was other good to be had, uh, in this game, but nothing really overwhelming. We're going to get to the bad. There wasn't a lot of it. Obviously, when you win 24 to nothing, there's not a lot of bad, but there was bad. And you know, this might be surprising to some people, but but my bad in this game is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I get it. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, for the better part of the first half, was anything but bad. He was having a really nice game uh, when he had three touchdowns and no and no picks. But his interception right before the half, when the Dolphins, you know, used their timeout, got the ball back, were being really aggressive and driving down the field and going in for what seemed. I mean, at, at that point, they're in the red zone, so you knew you're you're at least getting a field goal because Jason Sanders ain't missing if you have to kick a field goal. Uh, but you felt good about a touchdown, and on a first down play, Fitz tries to thread the needle. It's just a just an overly aggressive move and just a mistake, and he ends up throwing a really bad interception that that essentially takes points off the board for the Dolphins. And then in the second half. Uh, you know, he threw another bad interception, albeit it was a great play, uh, by the defensive back May, who basically caught the ball off his ass. Um, so it was like shades of, uh, Mark Sanchez in the butt fumble and you had the butt interception in this one, but you know, that was a great play by the defensive back, but it was also a very poorly underthrown ball. Fitz had some bad misses in this game. I know he also had an incompletion where it looked like Devontae Parker really didn't break off his route soon enough. And so, you know, not everything was on Fitz, but just uh, the second half of the game, you could tell that that Fitz was was off and it he just wasn't as sharp. And it didn't come back to haunt the Dolphins because the Jets were so bad and the Dolphins' defense was playing so well. But look, the Dolphins were up 21-0 in this game and they only put up three points in the second half. And the biggest reason for that is that Fitz did not have a good second half. So my bad in this game was... Second half fits plus one drive there at the at the end of the first half. And then ugly. There was ugly in this game. The Dolphins third down conversions. It was poor. <laughs> it was there's nothing they it took them the entire game to finally pick up a third down conversion. Uh, I had the stat in front of me as far as what they were overall, and I, I lost it. Uh but they took the entire game. They were over, I believe, double digits on, on third down conversions until our bonus good big takeaway of the game happened. Who got the Dolphins 
only third down conversion of the game, first and only third down conversion of the game, none other than rookie quarterback out of Alabama, Tua Tungavailoa, getting in the game to a standing ovation from not just the crowd, but from his own teammates. The You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the cheers. The camaraderie on this team behind Tua was fun to see. And Tua didn't just hand the ball off. He did on his first play. But then he rolled out, rolled out to his left, tiptoed the, the back end of the, of the end zone and fired a, a complete pass for two yards. It was, it was the most satisfying two yard completion of the season thus far for this Miami Dolphins team. And then the third down pass, stepping up in the pocket, delivering a throw through a tight window for the first down. I thought even more impressive. All in all, two, two for two. Uh, what did he have? Nine yards. Nothing, nothing that's going to blow you away, but Tua got out there. And the biggest thing there about Tua getting out there, watching him roll out, look at the guy was healthy. The guy was healthy. He put the ball where it was supposed to be. He completed a couple of passes. He got us a third down conversion. So it was good to see the, the legend of Tua Tungavailoa begins as a Miami Dolphin. He is now Two for two, or as one of our uh, our best fans, our top fans, three kids are a blessing, tweeted out, uh, much to my chagrin, he's Tua for Tua. And with that, we're going to put this one to bed. The Miami Dolphins go into the bye week at three and three. They get a nice week off. They come back. With a game against the Rams, who are four and two right now, and have a Monday night football game next week against the Chicago Bears. So they're going to be coming here on a short week against a physical team. Uh, that should bode well for the Dolphins, but that will be by no means an easy matchup. And it will be interesting to see what kind of wrinkles the Dolphins are able to come up with after a bye week and what this Dolphins team looks like against a team that looks like they are going to be a playoff team because the three teams that the Dolphins have played that have looked like they're going to be playoff teams this year have had their way with the Miami Dolphins. And even though the Dolphins have hung around in those games, uh, they are 0-3 in those games, but they are 3-0 and in the other games. So here we are, a 500 team going in to the bye week, feeling good for Josh who you can find and follow on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. I am at Aaron the Brain. You can follow me at Aaron the Brain. Of course, you should be going to DolphinsTalk.com and checking out everything that's there. All of the great podcasts, Mike and Tom and the whole gang over at Dolphins Talk do a great job. It truly is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, and we could not be any more proud to be part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Once again, for Josh, I am Aaron. Until next time, go Dolphins!